Hello again, I'm Mike Carver with Wingman Associates, and we're going to continue on from our people management series now on Stop Winging It. Got some feedback, and the feedback was good, and part of that feedback was, could you dive a little deeper on the employee-boss relationship, um, how to have hard conversations, uh, what should people be looking at, what kinds of bosses are there, um, how do I handle a kind of a boss? And the answer is yes, we'd love to do that. It's a topic that resonates with me. In fact, people leave an organization, like we talked about, for money, for culture, or for their boss. And I think oftentimes uh, the boss is more important than we know, but they say money. And so let's dive into why that is, right? Um, there's lots of reasons why there's good or bad bosses. And a lot of work has been done. Volumes of work has been done by a lot of smart people doing research on what makes a good boss, what makes a bad boss. The seminal work on this was done quite a while back by Jim Collins. He wrote a book called Good to Great. Jim um, brought out this, these characteristics of different levels of leadership, and the top level being level five. And I was with the company um, in the first uh, Jim Collins book, Good to Great, and I saw firsthand what a level five leader looked like. Jim described that in full detail. It's a great book. If you've never read it, I highly recommend it. But in that level five leader, which back then was very rare, he said, was this humility. It was built into it, right? These people got it. They understood everything going on around. They were highly skilled. Um, they had all the creativity and passion you would ever want in a leader, uh, but they also were very humble, and it wasn't always about them. So let's talk about, you know, the way my brain works. I want to break this down a little bit so that we can give you a high-level overview of what different kinds of leaders might be and what the alternative could be. And the first one I wanted to talk about was sort of this dictator. Um, this is the one that's portrayed an awful lot in Hollywood, right? All the time you'll see uh, really bad bosses because they yell and scream and they're dictators and it's all about me. This is the uh, Cusco uh, from Emperor's New Groove version. It's all about me. You all should get it. I'm the emperor and everything should be running here and, and, and come alongside me. I'm the most important one. I am also going to remind you of that every chance I get my power, what I do, um, you need to do what I say, when I say it, how I say it, and you're just the employee, uh, don't, don't try to become the boss, I'm the boss. So this, this dictator person tends to kind of run everything that way, right? That's never good. Some people are like that, it's just all about me. And, and because it's all about me, um, you just do your job, do it because I said so, not the why, not the reasons that are important. Just do your job and make sure that I look good in the end. They lord it over you every chance they get. And unfortunately, every day, you're going to probably hear some reason why they're in charge and you're not, right? If you work with someone like that, that's tough. And, and, and I'm sorry <laughs> that you're in that situation. Because the alternative is, uh, the better way to go here is they see the value of other people right? And they want them to be good. They want to provide outlets. They want them to be challenged, find advancement, and they want to clear obstacles for them. And it's about them. You're going to hear a common theme here. It's about them, not the boss, right? If it's all about the boss all the time, then they're never actually looking to see what could I do for anybody else. They're not serving the greater good of the organization. So that's the first one. Um, the second one is just, uh, just incompetence. This person actually does not know what they're doing. And, and I hate this because it means somebody above them promoted them into this position and they knew it and they still promoted them and they did not deal with it appropriately. So now you've got somebody that's not really competent. You might actually know more than they do about the, you know, any particular topic at hand. 
and they were put into a bad position. Maybe because, and corporate America is good at this, you were really good at this, and because you were really good at doing this particular job, we're not going to put you in charge of people who are doing the same thing. Maybe they'll learn from you. Not realizing those are two completely different skill sets. Doing the job, managing people, and teaching people how to do the job. Not at all the same thing. So this happens a lot. People become incompetent. What's the alternative? Look, you want to be a leader. You want to learn. You want to be a subject matter expert, right? You want to take the time. You want to earn the right to be a leader. This isn't a royal procession line where you're next in line and you just next up. You should have to work hard and learn what does it take, have some experience, build some skills, get feedback, have a coach or a mentor. All those things make a big difference in how well you will be um, seen by the people that you are actually leading and, and how well of a leader you are, the productivity, the results that you drive, right? And so become a leader by becoming a student of the game. Earn the right to be a leader, right? The next one, they're not very self-aware. It's a pet peeve of mine, not being self-aware. I see it all the time, every day, all over the place. Much less a mall, um, an airport, you know, go to an amusement park, you see people running around with phones and on speakerphone having private conversations. It drives me insane. There's so much not being self-aware going on that it's become the norm to not be self-aware. That's a terrible thing, right? So a boss who's not self-aware doesn't actually see or understand the damage you know, the carnage that's being left behind them. And so, or what's even worse is they don't even care that there's carnage being left behind them. And so what's the better way here? The opposite is somebody who is self-aware, right? So instead of not caring, not realizing that the things that you are doing, the way you are doing them um, is just leaving this wake of destruction in its path, it's to be self-aware. And the self-aware person in every situation immediately goes and says, what can I learn? How can I serve? Who's in charge? What kind of questions should I be asking? I need to be curious here. This is out of my wheelhouse. Any number of responses should come up if you're self-aware, right? You understand the situation that you're in and you recognize I'm, I'm not the A player here. I should be learning in this situation, right? If you work for somebody who's not self-aware um, and you want you should be more self-aware. Lead by being self-aware. Lead by asking lots of great questions. Um, you know, maybe something will rub off. At the end of the day, the not self-aware boss really just doesn't get it. They don't understand what's going on around them. The next one that we want to talk about is advancement. And advancement really is slightly different here than the dictator. The advancement is I am at all costs going to win. I will step on back, step on next. No matter what, it's my career and I need to win and I need to advance, I need to be seen in great light. If that is your boss, that's really hard to deal with because you don't matter. You do the work, you do what you're told, you show up, you're not given the why other than they're really important. What they're doing really matters and what you're doing is just kind of part of the program. Doesn't really matter, therefore you don't feel engaged, you feel resentment, all kinds of negativity, right? The better way to go here, again, this theme is rather than them worried about advancement, not understanding the reality of our world, which is advancement comes when your team does great. I did this, right? So the example for myself is the teams that I led, over the years I learned, didn't know it right away, over the years I learned, if my team was on stage, if individuals got awards, if people had good bonuses, somebody else probably went, 
why is that team doing so well? Who's leading that team? At some point down the road, someone might go, hey, Mike, you're doing a good job leading that team. And what are you doing? Why are you being successful? So it's a bit of delayed gratification, which is a hard concept in today's culture. But the truth is, it will come. If you focus on what you can do to remove obstacles and barriers, get your team engaged, help them be the best they can be, you will be recognized at some point for having done that well. And that's really the best way to do it by far. And then the last thing we wanted to talk about is hypocrisy, this sort of two-facedness that goes on in our society all the time. It's not great. It's never been great. It's worse with the 24-7 you know, pop-up culture that we've got with short attention spans. But the worst part of it is if you have a boss that's hypo, you know, a hypocrite, then you can't trust, right? There's no trust being built between you. If he says one thing and does another, now if you're the employee and you're doing the same thing, if you say one thing to the, your boss's face, but you're over there you know, mocking him or her you know, on the sidelines every chance you get, then you gotta look in the mirror, right? So this sort of hip, hypocrisy that we all deal with can be cleaned up in a, to a great degree, degree by being honest, being clear, being transparent, being forthright, all the things that we've been talking about. So you want to, you want to have that shown to you, show it back, right? Be the first, lead with it. If you lead with it, maybe other people will lead with it, whether you're the boss or the employee on either side. Be clear. Let's get this two-facedness out of our culture. It's a horrible thing. Drives resentment, toxicity, drama, there's nothing good that comes from it, ever. Look, so what? Who cares, right? I had a, a great mentor that used to say it all the time at the end. Why does it matter? Well, here's why it matters. It matters because the company wants to do well. They want to grow. They, want, they have profits to make. They want to sell more of something. Um, they're in business to make money. And so you're a part of that machine, right? If your employees, if you're concentrating on them, and you do that well, then they are more engaged, more fulfilled, more content, which we talked about in the last series, and therefore more productive. You are engaging with them so that they advance. They feel valued, they feel heard, right? To know and be known, to love and be loved. It's a natural human condition. When you do it well, then things go well. You'll be recognized for having done it well, right? And at the end of the day, you'll get discretionary effort. You can't command that. That's earned, just like trust and respect is earned. Discretionary effort comes when people feel valued. They'll be happy to do a little bit of extra. You do not get to demand it on the spot. Hey, look, this is not exhaustive, as always. Um, we love talking about this. Next week, we're going to go a little bit deeper on this, how to have tough conversations. So stick with us. If you like what you've heard so far, please comment and subscribe. And as always, if you want to learn more, we'd love to help you. That's what we do here at Wingman. Thanks for watching.